0: They are not alternative anymore. It's a quickly evolving industry
1: and, of course, amazing opportunities. We look at the industry and its topics.
0: Things are changing very quickly. What is that market setup going to look like? It's
1: very much about charging experience,
0: going to
2: much more mature business,
1: and, of course, new revenue streams. Those companies will either have to improve or they'll just die. This is the Electric Avenue Podcast.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Electric Avenue, a podcast about the rapidly growing world of electric vehicle charging. I'm your host, Aaron Fishbone, Public Policy Director of Greenway, based in Bratislava, Slovakia. The days are longer, the birds are chirping, the sun is out, and you know what that means. That's right, summer road trip season is coming. Now, COVID and travel restrictions set the context for the last two summers, we had all hoped that finally this summer would be normal, quote-unquote, whatever that means. But then we got high gas and oil prices, and now we have the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which even as the Ukrainians are bravely fighting back to take back much of their country, it's only getting more lethal and displacing more people. Also resulted in unprecedented European commitments to get off of Russian oil and gas. And with a realistic combustion engine phase-out bill in the European Parliament, anything could happen. And when it comes to transport, electrification is front and center. So today's topic, roaming, is very timely. Also very timely from a policy perspective. The debates among the relevant committees in the European Parliament on the Alternative Fuels Infrastructure Regulation, that's that central piece of European Union legislation covering charging and publicly accessible charging stations that we've referred to in a number of different episodes, are reaching their final stages. And whether to include requirements on roaming in it are under discussion. ChargeUp Europe, that's the industry association for the electric vehicle charging industry and which I'm communications chair of, thinks that minimum requirements and standards for roaming should be included. To educate policymakers on why we think so, we hosted the discussion below, which I'll share in a moment. So first, some background. What is roaming in the EV charging context? Roaming refers to recharging your electric vehicle across networks and across countries. There are two ways to charge an electric vehicle on public charging stations, via ad hoc charging and via Roaming. Ad hoc charging means a user shows up at a public charger and authenticates themselves right there, like via a QR code on the station, or by entering their credit card information on a website, or by paying directly with their credit card at a card reader on the station itself. But the driver doesn't have to register or create an account or anything. She just pays the charge point operator for a single charging session and then drives on. Roaming, on the other hand, is one of the many services that a user gets when they have a contract with a mobility service provider, or MSP. The MSP provides the driver with many services, including access to various charging stations, this could be tens of them, or it could be tens of thousands, it really depends on the MSP itself, via roaming agreements that the MSP has with owners of those locations, so-called charge point operators. So under this model, A driver shows up at a charging station, uses the authentication device they got from their MSP, like their mobile application or RFID card or something, to start their charging session, and then they'll pay their MSP, not the CPO, for the session via their monthly invoice. And because they have a contract with an MSP who then knows who they are and some of their driving habits and patterns maybe the MSP can provide many other services to that driver, like energy management, charger availability information, reservation options, and more. We'll get onto all that in the interview itself. Suffice it to say that Roman can provide a lot more than just payment for charting out of network. It takes you a few minutes to
2: work out, yeah. How do I get the thing in there? You know, how do I actually open up the box? What I need to download an app. I need to enter my credit card details. So that's that's of course still a bit of a hassle um, because every service provider has a slightly different system so
1: entering poland with a, a low battery like 15 percent remaining you come to your first charge station then discovering that your car doesn't work you know then then the, the experience you have to uh you have to be ready to make some detours.
2: I took
0: it as a, I would say as a plan B, like just in case I'm, you know, I'm stuck somewhere and my Chevy charge card actually doesn't work. But eventually I didn't even use it. These are some travelers who I spoke to last year for this podcast. They went on summer road trips with their electric vehicles across Europe. Their stories and experiences were different and a lot of fun. They all spoke about roaming though, how it worked in different countries they drove through, sometimes the ease, other times the challenges of traveling internationally and out of network in an electric vehicle.
1: Yeah, what I should have done is I should have probably registered for the charge station providers.
2: You know, it wasn't even easy to to figure out how to click the button to see the instruction in, in English. Like you needed to read check. So not everything is built for the adventurous non-native tourist in mind. But once you work it out um, and you have an account and you know how to do it, then it's super quick.
0: The discussion of roaming should be much more a part of European Union policy debate around the alternative fuels infrastructure regulation than it is at the moment. Over 95% of charging sessions at publicly accessible charging stations are already started via a subscription, and roaming is the primary way that users travel around out of network. As EVs enter the mainstream, more and more people will do more and more long distance EV trips. So to contribute to this debate. ChargeUp Europe organized a discussion on the topic with the CEOs of Europe's leading roaming platforms. These are the platforms that serve as the connecting tissue for many of the charge point operators and mobility service providers to come together to offer services for EV drivers. It's hosted by Peter Boddy from Greenway, regular guest on this podcast in his capacity as board member of ChargeUp Europe. He speaks with Christian Hahn, the CEO of Hubject, and Eric Plaquette, the CEO of Jerez. So,
2: Christian, Eric, nice to meet you. Hi, and uh, welcome. With on, that, on
0: this here's their discussion.
2: What is the roaming actually? Probably everybody heard about the roaming in the context of the telecom industry. So what is it in our business, Eric? Okay, from the point of
1: view of the end user, uh, roaming uh, enables uh, any EV driver to go and charge uh, everywhere using uh, any kind of uh, charging infrastructure belonging to anybody, uh, whatever location, country, and so on. With one uh, single badge or APP, and at the end of the month receive one single invoice
2: uh, from a mobility provider. Christian, what's your definition of, of the roaming?
3: I only can confirm the statement of Eric. Um, I think in the end, uh, we all believe that uh, the e-mobility market uh, will will of different kind of players, uh, service offerings, uh, business models. And as Eric mentioned, uh, we also call the e-mobility market a charging ecosystem because it consists of different players, different products, different services. And therefore, we believe that one way how this possibility should be achieved is by having the possibility of a contract, uh, a charging contract, and this contract... uh, will be accepted at every charging station. That simple. Um, But we also believe that, of course, this is a proper fundament for um, value-added services, how we call it, um, so that also customers can experience not only the charging uh, way, but also can reserve a charging station and can experience other services, which we believe, is an important part of the mobility future.
2: So basically, what we can say, the roaming is something which enables us technically and commercially to have one uh, provider of the charging services and connect to many chargers. So have one contract and being able to connect many, many chargers, either abroad or even in the, in the home country. I'm personally uh, convinced that anybody who has an electric vehicle most probably already used roaming. But can you explain it to those people who, who didn't?
3: yeah maybe I can start. Um, um, you're totally right, uh, Peter. This concept of roaming is something we are using in, in all kinds of industries already. One of the more famous examples is definitely the, the telecommunication market where we are used to roaming since yeah, more or less twenty years. Uh, so maybe we remember the early times where we still needed to switch SIM cards, for example, when we traveled from country to country um, or needed to use different pre-selected tariffs if you wanted to use, uh, even in the same country, uh, different uh, mobile phone networks. That's all over. And the concept behind this roaming so that I can be identified, me as Christian, using a specific smartphone contract. And this smartphone contract is um, um, accepted by network operators in other parts of of, of the country or also in other countries as well. And therefore, it doesn't require us anymore to switch a SIM card or to buy a new smartphone if I'm traveling uh, from A to B.
2: We already said the roaming has two aspects. It's a it's a technical aspect. It's a commercial aspect. So, so, can you elaborate a bit about how does it work in background? So, what is the technical stuff and what is the commercial stuff?
1: Well, um, this is quite simple. You, you need two things. You you need uh, all players to connect once to the hub, the, the platform in the middle. And by connect we mean technical connection which means uh, IT, uh, APIs, and then contract-wise, you need to sign the rooming agreement. And once you've done this, created the technical connection, and you've signed the rooming agreement, then uh, all that you have to do is just to maintain the IT connection and upgrade that connection uh, over time and uh, exchange invoices uh, and for the end user, the, as long as the connection is made, the service uh, can be used. And that's all. It's just quite simple, in fact.
2: Christian, yeah, do you see it in the same way, technical-wise and commercial-wise?
3: Um, yeah, definitely. I also would like to highlight that, of course, there are differences between the different roaming approaches. And again, I think that's that's good because we already talked about the choice of customers. And and of course, we also believe that B2B customers also need to have their choice. And therefore, they can choose from different roaming solutions on the market, which I believe is exactly the way it should be done. Um, and we also totally appreciate that that our customers are even using all the solutions uh, depending on their specific needs. So sometimes they're using uh, Eric's solutions a bit more than our solution or vice versa, or sometimes they are relying a bit more on bilateral roaming solutions as well. That's exactly how the market should work, that companies can make their choice based on their specific needs. Um, what we don't believe in a subject is that there is no choice possible because there is a strict limitation on, on specific approaches. And that's the reason why we believe that also roaming is so important in the actual discussions on regulatory level. The existing roaming approaches are so important because, as mentioned already, they are giving me different choices and different ways how to connect uh, to different charging networks.
2: I can only confirm that as a, as a company, we are a client of yours, as you Azure FM an Hubject, and uh, basically you are helping us to connect our clients with the charges of different uh, charging point operators across the Europe or within, even within the same country. Uh, so uh, we see the, as well the, the role for the charging hubs where we do not have to maintain 20 connections and 20 bilateral contracts with uh, other partners. On the other side, uh, we uh, as well experiencing the direct b2b and peer-to-peer contract where we are connecting directly so i think from the position of someone who provides a service to the customers the roaming is basically enable them enable us to provide much uh, better services and broader offering let's maybe touch it to the most critical point because we discuss about the technical stuff and and how, what it really is but what it really brings to the customer so What's in your view the most critical thing? What is the value added of the roaming? Why we should organize the, the charging services in this way?
3: Maybe I can start with the first answer from our side. Um, I believe roaming is so important for the, the charging customer journey because charging is much more than just payment. But often in our discussions, we are... We are maybe focusing very much on the on the question, how can I pay for my charging station, and that's a very important question. Don't get me wrong. But on the other hand, it's uh, the whole customer journey is much more complex than just payment. It's already starts with the question, where is the next charging station, and is the charging station um, available right now? Is it maybe out of service? Is it used by another one? Um, is it fitting my my charging needs? Uh, so, do I want maybe to get a way? fast recharge in a couple of minutes or do I have a bit more time because I'm anyway uh, stopping by the supermarket uh, on the street across and and things like that we believe um, are very important for the full customer journey and therefore um, we believe that this can be supported by roaming in the best way because roaming is exactly enabling this that customers can get access to this information the so-called POI information so point of interest information where's the charging station that this is available But of course, we also provide additional uh, information and also topics like like rating, for example. The experience of customers who have visited this charging station before is also quite relevant because we also know, again, we are in in an early market phase. And yes, in the past, we were satisfied with every kind of charging station installed everywhere just to have charging stations. But we also see right now that the needs of uh, drivers becoming more diverse. So some customers, they don't feel comfortable anymore if they need to go into a dark road somewhere to recharge their vehicle. They would maybe prefer to have a charging station somewhere where it's more bright or where there's a better surrounding or where there's a cafe next by. And, and uh, these kind of things are becoming more important. And again, to come back to my first statement, this needs to be summarized in a, in a customer journey, which consists of much more than just payment. And therefore, um, I believe that uh, focusing on this customer journey is so important, which can be supported best by Mm -hmm. the concept of roaming.
2: Rick, what's what's from your point of view, the most critical value added service of of the roaming? Why we are doing it even?
1: Yeah, obviously, I fully agree with uh, with this. Um, there's a big difference between payments, the single payment action, and service. And obviously, uh, for the end customer, people are looking for service as well. Uh, as as Christian said, uh, location, uh, reservation, uh, real time uh, reports uh, on the charging session, remote charging, and and more to come in the future. Uh, thanks to technology, thanks to data exchanges, and so on. So this makes a big difference. And um, well. We we should uh, try to offer the, the best uh, and the, the most complete service, uh, not only a payment service. Uh, and back to what we were saying just before, I, I mean, the, the positioning of the platforms like, like us, uh, Abject and Jiraire, also playing a part in the market, which helps uh, foster the, the maturity of the global ecosystem, because we are providing uh, scalability, standards, processes, quality, uh, 99.9% SLA and so. On and so forth, and um, some big players ha- are mature enough to provide uh, relevant service in peer-to-peer mode, and that's cool. I mean, uh, we need we need this to to go on, but uh, you cannot just rely on multiple relationships between multiple players with different level of qualities, and so on and so forth. Because if you got problem between players. Um, the end user will will pay for this uh, at the at the end of uh, of the journey so uh by um structuring the ecosystem, we're also uh, helping everything becoming smoother for the end user.
2: Mm-hmm. I can confirm from the point of view of the customers we discussed with the, with the customers trying to make a service, what basically they value on the, on the fact that we are providing via roaming the services as well on other infrastructure hours in was probably the most critical thing mentioned the kind of the price transparency. So basically it's not really a matter only how I paid the bond specific transaction, but as well do i have to understand uh, thousands and hundreds of the various uh, pricing scheme which is very complicated to read where i get them so it's not only about how to pay but do i have a comfort that when i'm making the transaction i know for what price for uh, what would be the consequences so therefore i think this is a critical role of the industry to evolve in a, in a way which is a modern, which people are used to already from other industries where they have one contract, uh, they can choose the, exactly the one which they fit to their needs, but then they can uh, have a complete free of mind and then don't have to care about anything. The user experience needs to be extremely seamless and uh, preferably everything should run on the background and uh, people should not worry. And that is, in my view, the, the critical thing, because by the roaming is actually the thing which enable us to move from very simple, straightforward transaction based system to e-commerce, which we are still now more and more used to.
3: Maybe one addition, Peter, to your last statement, what we're also seeing right now in regards of charging is that we have the first flat rate tariffs in place and at least uh Based on the consumption we are seeing on our platform, they are really skyrocketing right now because, of course, that helps a lot to solve the complexity on, on the right pricing, as you mentioned, for EV drivers. If they know, OK, I can charge for this amount of money every month, that amount of kilowatt hours. And maybe the development we have seen in the tech industries, industry, where it took us some years to get to federal tariffs like we are using nowadays, is maybe even going faster in the charging industry. Let's see. It's a first trend. Let's see if the trend is, is surviving but it's definitely very interesting to see how fast these models are now uh, being being offered and how fast they also are being accepted by customers. And maybe that gives us some guidance in which direction it goes.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And we, for example, call this approach uh, room like at home. So one contract with defined conditions and then all this complexity, which is related to having many providers, various prices, various pricing schemes, needs to be done in the background by the professionals. On a client-facing situation, it has to be extremely simple. So I think it's us as the professionals, who need to take care, and uh, the customer needs to have a seamless experience. Uh, very often, there is a discussion or put in some kind of a contradiction between the ad hoc charging and subscription-based. As we said, our subscription-based is very fit with the roaming concept. But we have as well the concept of ad hoc, so payment on the spot for the energy which I purchased, uh, usually by credit card or this kind of payment form. So do you see this as a kind of a contradiction between these two? Can it live together or or how do you see that?
1: Well, my opinion on that is that it can live together. I mean, uh, why should we try and force people to... (laughs) to decide that uh, ad hoc payment is uh, a number one solution or or subscription. Um, There's no point in explaining to a boomer that wants to use a credit card that he needs to use a subscription because now it's like Netflix or uh, you you don't need to pay every time. And uh, at the end of the day, you got some people who are very, very comfortable with the fact of uh, just receiving an invoice at the end of the month and they don't care about anything. So why changing that? Uh, it's quite understandable that different situations uh, different use cases uh, people would need both solutions to 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 be offered and then we don't need to try to influence this Uh, makes no sense
3: yeah i can totally agree that's also how how we see um, the the actual market situation the choices should be available as mentioned the open market consists of having the choice of, of whatever fits to my own needs and Therefore, we believe that it, it's a good idea to have both solutions in place in parallel, um, like we, we already have seen, for example, in the German market since, since 2016, where we have this uh, so-called direct payment requirement. Uh, the first uh, definition was that it was sufficient to do it on a, on a kind of digital payment approach. So therefore, we also believe that this is a good, efficient way how to do it. And it's a very secure and reliable way. On the other hand, we don't believe that specific uh, technological solutions should be enforced because that is again limiting the choices again and just make things more complex and also especially more expensive, which in the end needs to be paid by the customer again because uh, he's getting the bill for higher costs of installation and and additional hardware which needs to be installed on the charging station. Yes, let's give the choice to the charging station operators. Let's give the choice to the customers. They will decide anyway. And so far in most countries where they had the choice between a contract-based approach and a direct payment approach, they have clearly decided for a contract-based approach. Uh, we see it in a lot of numbers from uh, more independent sources than ours uh, that they are clearly stating 90-95% of all charging transactions are done based on contract-based charging, even if they could have the possibility for a direct payment. Again, we would prefer a simpler approach than installing a physical hardware device, but that's, of course, a different discussion.
1: Yeah, as long as the any every experience is uh, is seamless, then I think people can live with many options.
2: Indeed, uh, like having more options is is always very good. But uh, on the other side, we are now talking as well about the very important piece of legislation which is coming into the force. Half year is in in a discussions, and uh, what we basically see as a industry and as definitely as the association is that the focus is maybe very much on one solution and not so much on the solution, which is as well, in the same way, very important. And uh, I I will maybe stress here that the things are now changing these days very quickly. And I remember very well that it was only maybe seven years ago when I used to pay in a taxi only by cash. Then there was a short period where basically I was able to pay by credit card. And then very quickly it jumped to the situation where I'm just Uh, not using even a credit card at all and and I don't want to bother with any recipes or something like that. Uh, So so it's very important as well from the position of association that the very important piece of legislation, which is now on the table, as well taking into account Sancho option, which is uh, reflected in the subscription-based model roaming, which very probable will have a major role in the charging. So do you see here this need as well to put these things in the legislation?
3: Um, So from my point of view, um, I I don't fully agree on on the political perspective that we need to enforce uh, physical payment terminals to ensure better customer journey. Because as mentioned, that can be done already by uh, digital payment approaches, which we already have seen in several European countries uh, in place. And as mentioned, yes, of course, in the end, it's good to give customers the choice that they can choose between between different solutions. But I think what we are quite often maybe misunderstanding or forgetting in in the the political discussion is that also the credit card business is not a super streamlined, standardized business. uh, But in fact, it's also very diverse, very different uh, industry where you. it really depends on which kind of credit card system are you belonging to Uh, And we know all over Europe, there are even different systems in place, which are sometimes accepted, sometimes not accepted. And and we see right now for a lot of reasons that these limitations are becoming um, more and more visible. And also we know that debit systems are way national systems. And it's not that easy to use your debit card issued in Germany and other European countries. Sometimes it's working, sometimes not. It again depends on the agreements between the different banking institutes in the background. And therefore, again, I believe direct payment Yes, for sure. That totally makes sense. And for some cases, it's even important. On the other hand, uh, the way we are discussing it right now on the regulatory level is, from our point of view, a bit short-sighted because it glends out the challenges of credit card payments and also the additional costs and costs which will only make charging even more expensive for, for, for end customers, which we all should try to avoid because we already see it due to the volatility of the energy price that the costs are unfortunately going up already and we shouldn't enforce an increase in costs. And let's not forget that when we talk about charging, when we talk about customer experience, that of course we all are used to our kind of customers, so that passenger, private customers, for sure are super important. On the other hand, we also know that a lot of vehicles are being used, uh, even passenger vehicles in fleets. And when I'm a fleet user. Of course, I don't want to get a receipt, which I need to hand in then again, which was paid with my personal credit card uh, to get a reimbursement and things like that. So therefore, for electrified fleets, this contract-based approach is the much more efficient approach. Like fleets are used to in any other kind of mobility um, industry, when it's about using petrol stations, when it's using uh, toll stations, then they already are used to identify each vehicle as part of a fleet, as part of a contract. And then the invoicing uh, was done uh, to this fleet, but not to the individual driver. And we believe that this is exactly the way it should be done, which is not yet really supported uh, fully by the actual draft of, of the European regulation from our point of view.
1: And in line with this, i think we need to be aware of uh, over regulation uh, sometimes you have to to let the market decide uh, in in some cases uh, it will be a problem no, you don't have a, a terminal but in other use cases as Christian say it, it's just going to add uh, additional costs and bring more problems than than solutions
2: I can only agree, as we should demand, that every challenger to be intelligent, connected, so we have overview what's happening there, we can provide additional added value services and we can manage the energy flow. Which is, as you said, now more and more important. At the same time, the, the challenges, in my view, should be open to the ecosystem of other players via some kind of a roaming uh, connection. And we, as the association, believe that the mentioning of the roaming and contract based uh, solutions needs to be firmly in the affair. One of the very strong argument for having the obligation to use a uh, credit card payment systems on the the charger is to have one unifying solution across the EU. Uh do you see it in in the same way? Will the mandatory use of the payment terminals on the charger solve the problem of having one uh unified EU payment system? Is it a solution?
1: Um I guess as Christian said earlier, it, it will not quite solve the problem because uh even using the, the credit card process, you will have different uh, uh, different processes, different constraints and uh, differences between countries. Uh, so this um, can be a dream, but in, in real life, uh, it's not going to quite solve uh, this uh, issue, I think.
2: Is there any philosophical argument to justify that the people should not be forced to have any contract with the uh, with the, like the mobility provider? Is that something which which we think is important to push forward?
3: Maybe I can give a short statement on this. Um, a very good question. Again, I stated today uh, by all of us, we all believe that uh, the free market principle should to say the, the main principle we all are following. So therefore, it's all about having the choice uh, which kind of product and service you want to use. So therefore, an enforcement is maybe a super challenging topic. On the other hand, we, of course, know that some kind of customers, they don't feel comfortable to be pushed in a specific direction. And, and as stated, uh, we also mentioned that's great for these kind of customers. They can just uh, access uh, charging stations directly. But I think that's a bit what we also see in, in the in the discussions right now on the market. Customers, they don't want to, let's say, close a contract, but still want to experience the same kind of value-added services they normally only get uh, get by closing a contract. And I think that's a very challenging discussion. If we need to enforce the industry, that everything should be possible even without closing contracts, which again, from my point of view, would be a super specific situation because other industries don't behave like that. There you only get access to specific value added services if you're using a contract. So I think we need to be super careful also on what kind of regulatory approach we want, to, we want to continue because if you make things more complex by having two challenging regulations in place, of course, we also will see that the market will slow down because then, the interest of companies investing into the market and investment is driven by having the interest of earning revenue sooner or later uh, will become less attractive. And I think that that's something where we should be careful about. But again, I don't see any reason why we should enforce customers to only use a contract-based model. I, I see it slightly differently. If customers are convinced that they get a better customer experience, or as mentioned, uh, better services, or maybe a better fitting pricing model, then they will change. If not, then they will stick to direct payment that's from my point of view that easy
2: okay maybe one more question uh, there is quite a strong narrative i think still uh, in a public debate and as from uh, among the politicians regulators that basically the system doesn't work as well as it's needed uh, that uh, you need a really many charging card to travel across the europe or within the same country But on the other side, uh, we know that our industry is quite new and is evolving very quickly. And uh, what was the true yesterday is not the true today and definitely will not be the same tomorrow. And uh, I I can see the huge improvement in professionalism. There is a consolidation of the market. The players are uh, more competent uh usually it's uh, they are getting bigger they have larger teams so the industry as such is moving forward so do you see the evolution here as well would you agree that the situation is still as bad as it was two three four years ago
1: well i think it's definitely uh evolving i won't say uh that it's perfectly seamless uh right now but uh three years before it was uh much more difficult and um the, the coverage is getting big, bigger and bigger I mean, the, the subscription model uh, extends to hundreds of thousands of uh, charging infrastructure in, in tens of countries. And in the more mature countries, uh, you can touch almost every infrastructure with a subscription model. So as we said, as Christian said earlier, now that we have solved the EV uh, products, uh, now that the OEMs are selling uh, sufficient EV models, And uh, we have uh, started to develop uh, many uh, charging infrastructures, uh, growing and growing. Uh, Then the focus is on the quality, uh, availability, uh, technical problems, price transparency, uh, as you have said, uh, Peter. But uh, when it comes to uh, um, infrastructure accessibility with uh, one badge or 10 badges or 20 badges, from my point of view, the situation is uh, improving faster, faster. And we are uh, already relying on, on big networks, uh, offering uh, uh, interesting solutions to, to the end user. But obviously, uh, we still can do better than this, but uh, we are in the right direction. I don't know, Christian, what you'd say
3: that Uh, full support of your statement eric i also see that things are getting better every day on the other end i'm also frankly speaking i'm a bit doubtful if if i'm reading a a article somewhere on the internet saying EV driver who just got his uh, electric vehicle is now planning to go from germany to spain things like that i think they are great and uh, that of course needs to be possible in the future when we all got used to how to use electric vehicles but frankly speaking if you never have driven an electric vehicle before? Then the challenges you are facing are less connected with the question "How can I recharge the charging station?" But how does an electric vehicle work, and how do I need to drive? And that I'm not able to drive 200 kilometers per hour uh, full time because then my battery will be empty like nothing. These are things which we are then mixing up too often in the question "How can I use a charging station all around Europe?" So therefore, we also need to be super careful on how we are let's say, reading these kind of feedbacks. But on the other hand, as Eric mentioned, it's getting better. And from my point of view, what I really find impressive right now, uh, seeing that the European market, so to say, is evolving into a kind of, of joint uh, roaming approach um, so that even countries where roaming didn't play a big role in the past uh, because they had either a national charging solution in place um, or other kind of solutions they're also adopting uh, roaming models more and more and and that gives me a clear insight that roaming is becoming more and more accepted and I think one reason for this is because also the market becomes more diverse Uh, seeing right now that Alone in Germany, we have just reached the number of one thousand officially registered CPOs. Of course, some of them are super small, are maybe operating one, two, 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 three charging stations, but some of them are super relevant, and that and that's the same situation in most European countries. That the number of players is going up every day and again that creates more complexity and more complexity needs to be handled and to handle complexity best i believe that this is also in strong support of the roaming model because that's one of the main ways maybe the only way even to handle complexity and maybe just to add one one statement on this why do we need to handle complexity because we believe that charging will become an integrated part of the energy system of the future
2: Thank you. Thank you for that. So very interesting. 1,000 CPOs in Germany means in the world of the uh, payment terminals, that it's 1,000 pricing scheme. And uh, that's a pretty complex. And I think we as an industry really need to do a lot to make it simple for the customers and not to uh, let them face 1,000 different pricing lists. This would be horrible.
0: Honestly, that was in my mind, one of the best discussions of roaming I've ever heard, which is why we wanted to share it with you. One of my favorite points in the interview was Christian talking about how roaming is needed to address complexity in order to ensure that electric vehicles are an active part of an integrated, digitized, decarbonized energy system. The system's already complex. We'll only get more so as, for example, uh, smart charging and plug-in charge and time of use tariffs become more common. There'll be many additional services which can be offered to EV drivers if they have a contract with a provider. But being honest, it's not all working seamlessly even yet. Peter and I drove 2,200 kilometers round trip from Bratislava to Bucharest a few weeks ago, and not all our sessions could start properly. So we ended up having to use the app of the network charging station we were at itself. Some bugs are to be expected, but for EV roaming to enter the mainstream, these need to be very, very rare, more so than we experienced. As the EV driver segment grows, the operator segment will continue to consolidate and bigger companies will be able to bring more and more resources and dedication to this topic, as we're already seeing. Roaming, if it's reliable and seamless, should remain the primary way that people recharge out of network, just like in the telecom industry. So we need to get this right, technically, commercially, and policy-wise. For us now, for the road trips we'll take this summer, and for all EV drivers to come. And that's it for our episode of Electric Avenue. Thanks to all our expert speakers and also our EV Summer Road Trip drivers who heard in today's episode. I want to thank Charge Up Europe for giving us permission to use the interview you heard above and letting it share it with you. I also want to thank our producer, Katarina Urban-Rechterova, for editing this episode and making it sound so good. Electric Avenue is on all the main podcasting platforms like Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Just type in the name Electric Avenue Podcast to find us and hear all of our excellent previous episodes in the archive. And if you want to receive our podcast in your feed regularly, subscribe. And if you have any questions, let us know. You can find me on LinkedIn at Aaron Fishbone. You can email me at aaron.fishbone at greenwaynetwork.com or tweet at us at gwoperator.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another episode of Electric Avenue sometime soon. Until then, this is Aaron Fishbone wishing you many happy and safe electric kilometers and peace in Ukraine.
2: In my view... Done. Thank you, Peter. Great job.
3: Thank you. We will stop the recording then.